With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch, down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The volume. Just a reminder that you can catch me recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is the new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with me in person while I'm recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow me at Chris Mannix to get notified when I go live. Well, we're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away with an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game this September. So football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with the code MANIX. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code MANIX. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text 877-HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com football for terms for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Welcome back to Three Points with Chris Mannix, the show where we tackle three of the biggest topics in the NBA each week. Uh, we are live on AMP. Make sure you subscribe to the Volume Sports on AMP for the first listen to every Volume podcast. Make sure you follow my feed on AMP as well, at Chris Mannix, to get the early version of this show. Well, there was a big deal in the NBA on Wednesday. You had Damian Lillard traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, the Phoenix Suns. They get a bunch of pieces in this deal. And the Miami Heat get nothing. Talk about that and every facet of this trade. I want to bring in Mark Medina, longtime NBA writer, Sporting Tribune, Fox Sports Radio. does a great job for multiple different outlets. And Mark, let's start with the Milwaukee Bucks and what they're getting and how much, if at all, 
they are improved. They certainly get better offensively. Damian Lillard coming off a 32-point-per-game season. Defensively, you can say they take a step back. Drew Holiday, they gave up in the trade. One of the best defensive wings uh, in the NBA. Uh, do you look at the Milwaukee Bucks as a team that got better, and how much better did they get? Well, Chris, no doubt they got better. And how much better did they get? I think that they're not the definitive favorites to win the NBA championship. If I had to make a prediction, I would give it to them. I think that they have the best trio in the NBA right now with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard and Chris Middleton. And the reason why this deal is significant is not only are you getting Damian Lillard and his point guard savviness and his scoring mentality, but you're also, in effect, also securing that Giannis Antetokounmpo is with them for the long term because of his comments uh, this offseason in the New York Times and elsewhere in different podcasts that he wants to see the Bucks continuing to go all in uh, to win a championship. And so no doubt uh, they had to give up, obviously, a really good talent in Drew Holiday. I think one of the most underrated uh, defenders in the NBA, a great uh, two-way player. But I think when you add everything up, Damian Lillard will help them much more substantially, especially in their half-court game. And I think the bigger part is it, it should erase any sort of uncertainty that Giannis could help head elsewhere. So you hit on the meatiest part about all this, the half-court game. Uh, when the Bucks have been beaten in the playoffs over the last few years, and even when they've come close to getting beaten, like the Net series back in 2021, what's gone haywire for them is half-court offense. They just have not had the personnel to be an efficient half-court offensive team. Giannis is still... Very good in the half court, much better in transition, but very good in the half court. Chris Middleton, he could score, but Drew Holiday, for all his diverse talents, is not an elite half court offensive player. Damian Lillard is that. Damian Lillard averaged 32 points per game last season. He shot 37% from three. Uh, he is a walking bucket. And if you put him and Giannis in the half court game, in a two man game, you are going to ask teams to do the impossible defensively. You're going to ask them to choose between blitzing Damian Lillard and leaving Giannis with a free run to the basket or sagging off Lillard and giving one of the NBA's best shooters an open look at the bucket. That is just a that is Sophie's choice right there. You, you can't uh, you can't expect a team to to do to to defend that at a particularly high level. So yeah, they got significantly better on the offensive end of the floor. The potential downfalls of this deal, you look at defense, and yeah, they were a top five defensive team in the NBA last season. They're going to take a step back because at the point of attack right now, they've got Lillard, they've got Chris Middleton, they've probably got Pat Connaughton there. They don't have the defensive-minded players that they once did. But I think a lot of those issues can be resolved by the back line, by the fact that Giannis, who in addition to being an annual MVP candidate, great score, is annually one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Brooke Lopez, who is ageless at this point, is consistently the last couple of years has been in the mix for defensive player of the year. Bobby Portis, really good player coming off a tour with USA Basketball. More often than not, guys benefit from that. Uh, and they've got enough there, I think, to protect Lillard and protect some of those weaker defensive players in that backcourt. The other thing I've heard talked about a lot is depth and how much how the Bucks lost some depth with the guys they traded. 
specifically Grayson Allen going out as part of that deal. I think that's an issue and one certainly worth talking about, but Connaughton, as I mentioned, still there. Jay Crowder is still there. Marshawn Bochamp is still there. Uh, you can say Malik Beasley now in that mix, still there. So they've got a reasonable rotation. And I think when players become available after the trade deadline in February, Milwaukee's going to be in a prime position to sign one of them. So they're going to be able to flesh out that rotation before uh, the start of the playoffs. So when I look at the weaknesses, yeah, there are some. There is a downside to acquiring Damian Lillard. But the upside to me is is far more significant, don't you think? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, look, when you're making a monumental trade, you're going to have to trade something to get something. But I think that the point that you made that it's not like that they don't have great defensive reinforcements in the front court where they can funnel players uh, to the basket so that they can stop them at the rim. That's number one. Number two, when you're looking at the way that Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton will score, I mean, we, we're running out of fingers here. You got Damian Lillard threes. You got D- Damian Lillard driving to the basket. You got Giannis pick and rolls with him. You got Giannis post-ups. You have Chris Middleton being able to move off the ball with both of those two players drawing a lot of attention. And so when you use the math formula, clearly the offense and number of points that they're generate is going to be substantially more than the points that they're going to give up, even when you account for what Drew Holiday did with his perimeter defense. And I think that uh, perhaps as a preamble for both of us to uh, beat up on Miami a little bit, this really illustrates why the Bucs were able to make this deal. They had a player that is worth of interest, a la a Drew Holiday, to really make the engine of this trade work. But they also knew that they had depth to fall back on, that if they're making a deal, it's not like that they're going to get Damian Lillard with you know some top heavy talent and no depth around them, and that's really what Miami uh, you know encountered here, where you know clearly and understandably so, with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo not being part of these trade discussions, it was a matter of okay, what else do we have in the cabinet to offer, and if we do offer enough of Tyler Hero and draft picks and any other role player, all of a sudden we don't have a complete roster, and so uh, I, I think it just really captures why. Uh, you know, the trade happened this way as opposed to, oh, Portland wasn't negotiating in good faith or anything like that. Yeah, I think a key player now for Milwaukee is going to be Jay Crowder. Um, you know, Crowder was a non-factor for this team last year. And the question is, was that because Crowder missed the first half of the season sitting out in Phoenix? Or does it have more to do with Jay Crowder's 33 years old and doesn't have the legs that he once did. Now, both these things can be true, but at, at some point, Milwaukee is going to need players that can match up with the top perimeter wings in the Eastern Conference. They're going to have to find a way to match up with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They don't have anybody right now that jumps off the page and you say that's the guy that's going to be uh, not the stopper, but at least the deterrent to those types of players. Jay Crowder, at least to me, has the potential. I'm very interested to see what kind of shape Jay Crowder comes into camp as and what kind of role he has in Adrian Griffin's rotation. Because to me, Mark, he's going to be the guy, or at least for right now, that they trot out there in defensive situations and say, you got to go make plays. And look, Jay Crowder, you know, certainly a flawed player, has become an inefficient three-point shooter over the last couple of years, but he wins. The teams he goes to wins, either high number of wins in the regular season, advancing deep in the playoffs, you know, advancing multiple times to the finals. He has been a winner for most of his, at least the second half 
of his career. I'm very interested to see what he has left uh, moving forward because he is going to be, I think, a critical piece to all this. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The other side of this, Mark, is Portland and We've heard a lot of opinions over the last 24 to 48 hours about what the Blazers got back in return. Ostensibly, what they got back is DeAndre Ayton, uh, Drew Holiday, a first-round pick, and two pick swaps. Um, There's been some criticism in Portland. Should they have gone a different direction? Should they have looked at in Miami? Was there a better offer there? What do you think of the return the Portland Trail Blazers got for Damian Lillard? Well, I think that this is the best deal that they could have made with what was available. And I think that I look at through two lens. Gain Drew Holiday, it's inevitable that, that he's going to be flipped in another trade. And so that's more assets. And there's going to be a lot of teams bidding for his services, especially ones that want to make a championship run because of his two-way capabilities. When it comes to DeAndre and look, uh, there's question marks about him, about his maturity and his uh, past playoff performances in recent seasons. But he's going to have a much more expanded role 
in Portland, I think a new environment. And while in fairness to Frank Vogel, I thought that there was a pathway for him to have more success with Phoenix because it's a new head coach. He doesn't have uh, the clashing history as he did with Monty Williams and Frank Vogel's defensive credentials are top notch. And he has stated publicly that he would try to empower him with getting him involved offensively, even with the top heavy talent. It's just the writing on the wall was there with just that the roster uh, construction was going to be built around Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal uh, producing offensively. And here in Portland, clearly he's going to be able to expand his game. And while, you know, the idea that he could mentor young guys, he needs mentoring himself. But I think that this could be a very good opportunity for him to have that fresh start and to feel very empowered in the process. And look, Chauncey Billups is a really good coach. And, you know, I know that there's obviously been growing pains that Portland's gone under his tutelage, but he is a guy that I think that can bring the best out of him and find that sweet spot of holding him accountable and also making him feel empowered. But because of the roster construction, it's going to be by design that he's going to feel empowered because he's going to have a bigger role. So I think Joe Cronin deserves a lot of credit for how he handled this situation. There was a lot of pressure on him, Mark, going back to early July when Lillard asked out. He asked specifically to be traded to Miami. Miami made an offer of some substance. Uh, there was a lot of pressure on him to get a deal done, give Damian Lillard what he wanted, and to just get this over with, to move on from Damian Lillard. But Joe Cronin didn't do that. Uh, he stuck by his belief that if you gave it time, competitors would emerge. I don't think that the Blazers ever ruled out the idea of trading Lillard to Miami. They just wanted some competition for him. And over the last couple of weeks, competition emerged. It emerged in the form of the Toronto Raptors, which had a clear interest in Lillard. And then, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, it emerged with the Milwaukee Bucks, who you know, faced, as you said earlier, a lot of pressure from Giannis to get better or risk losing him, or at least having him not sign a contract extension next summer, which would have been catastrophic for a Milwaukee. So Joe Cronin did the right thing and let this thing play out to this point to give himself and give the Blazers some options when it comes to Damian Lillard. I think a lot of the debate about this return centers around opinions of DeAndre Aiden. Right, There are people out there that believe DeAndre Aiden stinks, that believe he's overrated, that believe he's soft, that believe he's a malcontent, and they can point to tangible evidence of that. They can point to his issues over the last couple of years with Monty Williams. Uh, at times, his production has been inconsistent. But here's all I would say to that. Last season, DeAndre Aiden averaged 18 points and 10 rebounds as a third option on a winning team. That's pretty impressive. He played alongside, you know, first it was Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Then it was Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant. He was an afterthought in that Suns offense, and he still put up 18 points and 10 rebounds. He's 25 years old. He's under contract for the next three years. I, I don't think it's a stretch mark to say next season DeAndre Ayton is going to average an excess of 20 points per game. I don't think it's a stretch to say he's going to average between 11 and 13 rebounds per game. I believe his block shot numbers are going to go up as his minutes go up in that Portland offense. I can tell you from talking to people in the Portland organization uh, in the aftermath of this deal, they're thrilled about the idea of adding DeAndre Ayton to the mix. They now have a legitimate, you know, I, I wouldn't call him an all-star yet, but he's on that all-star-ish level starting center to go with a team 
that has a crowded but talented backcourt. You've got Scoot Henderson. You've got Shaden Sharp. You've got Anthony Simons. Throw Jeremy Grant in that mix. Now you have a backstop to all that. You've got a pivot to pair with those guys. And for the Blazers, that just makes so much more sense than acquiring Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero did nothing for the Blazers. All Tyler Hero did for the Blazers was give them a piece they could potentially trade uh, for future draft assets. DeAndre Ayton is not a piece they're looking to trade. DeAndre Ayton is a player that they believe at 25 can grow with their group of 19, 20, 21 year olds that they've currently got on the roster. And I'll be honest, I think they're right. I think DeAndre Ayton has been, uh, I don't want to say unfairly maligned because I think he's brought some of it on himself, but I think the negatives that have been out there about DeAndre Ayton have been overblown when compared to the positives. I think the positives are going to be really good for Portland. I think they're going to get a player that's going to be motivated, a player that's going to get an enhanced role, a player that fits with their roster construction. I think DeAndre Ayton, Mark, makes a lot of sense on this Portland roster, and I think that's why this is a pretty good deal for the Blazers. Yeah, I mean, Chris, look, you and I these past few minutes have just been in complete alignment about DeAndre Ayton. I would add two other things that make this a really good deal. Look at just the chemistry that he's going to be able to forge with Scoot Henderson. He's a really good young point guard who's about playing fast, and he's a pass-first guy. And so he's a guy that's going to be about getting DeAndre Ayton more touches. Even though he's a young player, he is a guy that has gotten a lot of rave reviews from people at G League Ignite as well as Portland about his leadership and his work ethic. And so he's going to set a good example uh, uh, with DeAndre and about putting in the work without having, you know, the demonstrative lectures that maybe he got, you know, from Chris Paul and other people in Phoenix. And that's not to say that they weren't incorrect. Like all those criticisms are valid, but I think because of the environment, I think that this can bring out the better of DeAndre Ayton. The other part is who they gave up with Nurkic. I mean, Nurkic, he's a really great center, great defender, but his durability. Uh, he has had a lot of injury issues. Uh, well, I would call him great season. defender. Let's let's. let's I'm pumping <laughs> the brakes on great defender with Yusuf Nurkic. I'm pumping the brakes. There how, about, how, about, how about serviceable defender? Serviceable. <laughs> yes, he's serviceable. Yes. and he's a good he's a good screen setter and he's a good passer. So I, I think those things yeah. work in his favor. Yeah, great great screen setter, passer, team guy. But the the bigger part is he's had a very checkered injury history. We never knew when he would be available. And DeAndre Ayton, he's obviously a lot younger and hasn't had those level of concerns about his injuries. He has missed games, but certainly not the level that Nurkic has. So it, it was a no-brainer across the board. And, and tying this up with Miami, I mean, not only was this a much better deal because you're getting a DeAndre Ayton, but even if in the theoretical sense that Phoenix would be involved with the Miami Heat deal and, and all that, they're still getting Tyler Hero, which would be roster redundancy, number one. And number two, Drew Holiday could get a lot more in a trade package subsequently than they could with Tyler Hero. So all this angst about, you know, that Miami did all that they could. I don't fault them for drawing a line in the sand. At some point, they have to have a complete roster. And they had been losing a lot of key guys with Max Truce and Gabe Vincent. But this idea that Portland wasn't negotiating good faith. I, I just don't buy it. They just looked at what the roster was available uh, from all the other teams and made their decision accordingly. So let's talk about Drew Holiday because the market for Drew Holiday over the next couple of weeks and months, if it goes that far, is going to be robust. 
uh, Drew Holiday, while not being Damian Lillard, is still coming off a 19-point-per-game season. He is still considered an elite defender. He was an all-star last year, so you're talking about a guy that was you know, it was peaking last season as a terrific year. And look, we can point to the struggles he had defensively in the playoffs against Jimmy Butler. That was just a snake bitten series for the Milwaukee Bucks, really from start to finish. So I'm more apt to believe that Drew Holiday has at least one, if not more good seasons left in him. What do you think the market is going to look like for Drew Holiday? Because to me, I think it is going to be a lot more robust than it was for Damian Lillard. Not to say Holiday is better than Lillard, but Holiday's contract is a lot shorter. He's going into the final year of his deal. He doesn't have the Miami or bust sort of sign around his neck, so there's not that aspect of it. And there are a lot of teams out there, because the salaries are a little, is a little bit lower, that aren't going to have to just gut their roster to make the money work. What do you think the market's going to look like for Drew Holiday? Well, I think that basically every team is going to be interested, but most realistically, think outside of Milwaukee, who else has a chance, a legitimate chance, to win an NBA championship? I wouldn't be surprised at all those teams, you know, not just do their due diligence with making calls to see what they can get for Drew Holiday, but seriously consider a, a package for him because uh, he is a player that you need to win a championship. And I know that you noted about his playoff struggles last season against Miami. I'm with you that that was kind of more of a one-off. I'm more of looking at his total body of work. And when it comes down to this, you need players that aren't going to stop, obviously, elite scorers. That's impossible. But at least slow them down, tire them out. So it's war of attrition as the series goes on. And Drew Holiday checks that box as well as provides the occasional uh, additional scoring. And he's a great team guy. So when it comes to you know, how his role is going to be. Obviously, he's going to need a prominent role because he is a special player. But when it comes to touches and minutes, et cetera, I think that he will be very flexible with that. And so because of that, I think teams can be flexible with their level of thinking here uh, when it comes to possible trade packages. Yeah, I think the Heat are going to revisit this. Um, you know, I think the starting price from Miami is going to be Kyle Lowry and two first-round picks. That, that's a big part of this. I think the, I think the Blazers are going to be able to extract two first-round picks for Holiday, which is going to up their haul to three first-round picks uh, total in the Lillard deal. I just think there's too much competition for Portland not to be able to get a second first-round pick uh, in a deal like this, even for a player at Holiday's age and with one year left on his contract. I think they're going to be able to leverage all the teams that are out there trying to get him, and they'll get a second-round pick. I think Miami's going to be in that mix. I think the Clippers are going to be in that mix. I think Boston's going to be in that mix. I don't know if Golden State will be in that mix, but the Warriors can certainly get there because they've got the contract in Chris Paul. They've got some blue chip players in Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, among others, and they've got draft capital to deal. So they could get into the mix if they so choose. I want to focus here, though, Mark, on which teams need him. Like, who needs to push their chips to the table and get Drew Holiday? Because for me, it's two teams at the top of that list. They're both in the Eastern Conference. I think Miami and I think Boston need to go out and be aggressive on Drew Holiday. Miami, for obvious reasons. The Heat have had a catastrophic offseason. It could not have gone worse. They lost their two starting uh, uh, backcourt players in the playoffs in Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. They are a year older. Jimmy Butler's 34. Kyle Lowry's in his mid-30s. They've got a starting lineup right now which is featuring two players who are minimum-ish or minimum contracts uh, in Josh Richardson and Kevin Love. So they need 
and infusion. They need help. And if they're going to hope to get past teams like Milwaukee and Boston in the playoffs, even uh, Philadelphia with Tyrese Maxey, you need a defensive stopper. And Drew Holiday uh, is still that player. So I think Miami, even though it's got to be painful for Pat Riley and company to go back to the table and call Portland about uh, another guard, a different guard, a lesser guard than Dame Lillard. They've got to find a way to do it because the clock is ticking on Jimmy Butler's career. That I think that's pretty obvious that Miami has to go all in. I think Boston, though, is right there with him. Um, the Celtics made a lot of moves this offseason to plus up their offense. Getting Kristaps Porzingis was about adding front court depth, which they needed because Al Horford's old, Robert Williams oft injured. But under Joe Missoula, they have become much more offensive-oriented than what they were under Ime Udoka. Not to say they're bad defensively, but they're much more offensive-oriented. Joe Mazzulla would be happy with his team shooting 53 pointers per game. That's kind of their offensive mindset. So they've got the offensive horses right now. What they don't have is depth defensively. What they don't have is that Marcus Smart-like presence right now. They don't have that guy they can deploy on anybody in somebody's backcourt. Drew Holiday would be that guy. He would be the guy that you would turn and say, now you guard Damian Lillard. And if you think Drew Holiday wouldn't be motivated to defend Damian Lillard in the Bucks, <laughs> you're crazy. Um, it would probably cost the Celtics some combination of Malcolm Brogdon and two first-round picks. The two first-round picks, again, seems like a steep price, but if you're Boston, what are you holding on to them for? What do you care? Your window is open right now. Your chance to win championships with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is right now. Al Horford is 36, I believe. He'll be 37 end of next year. Uh, the clock is ticking on his career as well. You've got to go out there and be aggressive in acquiring top-tier talent. And if that means giving up a couple of firsts and Malcolm Brogdon for Drew Holiday, Holiday clearly a better fit for this team, I think, than Brogdon, who already has, I think, some issues with the franchise after being dangled in trade talks last year. I think the Celtics are right up there with Miami in terms of the need to get into the holiday chase. Yeah, I, I think you outlined Celtics-Miami perfectly. I would add two other teams I think uh, would both see them. Philadelphia, now I know that Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer, he was mentioning that they obviously started exploring that. I've been told the same thing. Now, I think that the complication with this is, you know, who's going to take James Harden? I think that they're going to have to get a third team involved, but I think that just Phil It'll probably be the Clippers. I mean, it'll probably be the Clippers in right. that instance. Right. And and with that, I think it's more of, of the lens of not only what Drew Holiday can do from his talent standpoint, but just this window of opportunity with the Sixers having, with just finding a way to trade Harden before training camp. So that's team number one. Team number two would be what you're saying with the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers, uh, you know, they may get James Harden, but I would argue that they would probably be more enamored with Drew Holiday because not only does he have, uh, you know, more of a diverse skill set as far as his game, he's a lot more durable. Uh, now the question is going to be the Clippers have a really weird predicament where they have depth. But are the handful of those role players really good enough to facilitate a, a kind of trade when you're obviously not including Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? You know, guys like Terrence Mann, guys like, uh, you know, Marcus Moore Sr. Uh, can you package that enough together involving a three-way deal? Terrence Mann, to, Mark, to, to your point, Terrence Mann is the guy that yeah. I, and the Clippers have to be willing to deal. Uh, I understand yeah. they like him a lot. He's a good player, durable player, you know, 10 point per game score, can play a couple of different positions, but 
you, you can't hold on to guys like that. Well, when you're well, well Chris, what I'm saying is it's a no brainer. I just don't know if that's enough for, you know, Portland. I think they liking. can trade a first. Like you, you like Terrence Mann to me is like the equivalent of a first. That's a young player. They can add to that mix. That's a first round pick. You trade another first, you make the salaries work with guys like Morris and, and, and something else. You know, I, I, I think that is a no brainer as well. I mean, Drew holiday, look, the, for how many years now has, have the Clippers been searching for the right point guard? Like how many guys have they cycled through over the last few years? They've been looking for that right fit. Drew Holiday, I think would be an excellent fit opposite Kawhi and Paul George. He brings defensive intensity to that backcourt, defensive intensity they haven't had in a while. Like that, you know, that that's a round peg, round hole type of fit that, you know, if I'm the Clippers, if I'm Lawrence Frank, I'm on the phone with Joe Cronin. I'm saying, Terrence Mann, a first, some salary filler. Will that get it done? Oh, without doubt. And I mean, it's been clear the recent seasons that Ty Lue and his players, they've been more and more vocal about their want that they need a traditional point guard, which is something that Lawrence Frank would kind of downplay uh, in, in past trade deadlines saying, Hey, you know, it's about modern NBA positionless players, wing depth, but clearly they have moved closer toward the idea that they do, do need a traditional point guard to, so to stress Clippers, it's a no brainer. I just, didn't know out loud if they had enough to con- to become a front runner. Um, one thing I would add, though, I know that you mentioned the Warriors. They certainly would have the package. I would doubt that they do this only because of a few things. Um, we have a lot of questions about Chris Paul's fit and is he going to start come off the bench? How's that going to work? And this whole idea that uh, Steve Kerr saying, hey, we have six stars. We're going to play this out. But I think that they are bullish that Jonathan Kaminga is going to have a breakout season. But even with that, even with them being in the win-now mode, I think the thing that could hold them back is just the reality that they have some players that can do what Drew Holiday already does with an Andrew Wiggins, now that he's obviously a lot healthier than he was in the playoffs, and to a lesser extent, Clay Thompson. So I think with the Warriors, while they certainly will be in the mix inquiring, I would be very surprised if he winds up in a Warriors uniform. I think it'd be worth watching because the Warriors can just do a two first round pick deal. They can make the salaries work with Chris Paul. I'm sure they'd be reluctant to put Kaminga in a trade like that because Kaminga is one of the few guys with some size up front, a team that's devoid of it at the moment. But that that they're a team definitely worthwhile. I get your argument. I understand that. But they're to me, they're a team worth watching. I think Holiday makes more sense than Chris Paul with that team. They're both on expiring type deals. And look, Holiday may be more inclined to re-sign there. If he likes the situation, if he likes the chance to to win, he might want to come back and play a role uh, within that team. All right, Mark Medina, follow him on social media. Listen to him on Fox Sports Radio. Check him out at the Sports Tribune. Mark, always good to catch up, man. Chris, always good to catch up and looking forward to seeing you uh, more training caps these next few weeks. You got it. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. 